But today I want to talk about today. I said today I want to talk about today. And I want you to stand with me for the word of the Lord this morning. I want to go to two places. I would like for you to take your Bible and open it to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Thank God for his sweet presence in this place today. I don't take that for granted. I'm grateful for his presence. Moses told the Lord, if you take your presence from us, what makes us different than any other group of people on the planet? The only thing that makes a difference is the presence of the Lord. Amen. I said, what makes a difference is his presence. The difference between the church and the Kiwanis Club or the Lions Club or the Chamber of Commerce. Amen. What makes the church difference is the presence of Jesus. And I'm grateful he's with us in this place today. I want you to go with me to Deuteronomy 19 and then Hebrews 3. Deuteronomy 19 and then Hebrews 3. I'm in a mood. I can sing all morning. But I got to preach this thing because I have felt all week long that there was something significant about today. And this today is going to change the rest of your tomorrows. You say, Pastor, that sounds like just good church talk. That's a prophetic word for somebody. Today is going to change the rest of your tomorrows. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. First of all, before we jump in, I get ahead because I'm so ready to go. Can you help me welcome all of our online family watching from all over the world? Come on, help me welcome them. We got folk tuning in. We're blessed that you're with us today. We love you all so much and we're grateful for the opportunity through the gift of technology to experience extended family. That is what you are to us today. So thank you for being a part of this. Uh, and uh, we, we do look forward to, uh, I got some other announcements, New Year's Eve, 10.30 a.m., 10 p.m. I'm not going through all that. Uh, I'm ready to preach. Praise God. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Now, this is a significant statement that I'm getting ready to read. That is the word of the Lord. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey him, obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, I set before you this day, somebody say today, blessing and cursing. Come on, say blessing and cursing. Say life and death. Now tell your neighbor, say choose wisely. Tell your other neighbor, say choose wisely. What you do with this day. Look at Hebrews chapter 3, and then we'll be through with our reading the text portion. Beware, brethren, verse 12, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. While it is called today. 
while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast till the end. While it is called today. I preached last week on your past. I'll preach next week on our future. But today I need to deal with our present. Because yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why we call it the present. So how many want to be good stewards of the present? Would you pray for me and I'll pray for you today. Lord, help us in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Last week we talked about the past and the skeletons in our closet. And we dealt with our yesterdays. Next week we'll talk about the future. How many know God's got a future for you? Next week is actually called the sound of hope. And the reason some people have no hope is because tomorrow is a very uncertain thing to consider. So next week we will talk about tomorrow and the future. But on this Sunday we want to deal with the present and how we respond with the gift of today. For many people last week we dealt with our past and the record. Somebody say the record. The record of our sins that spoke against us. But maybe it isn't the record of your past sins that hinder you. Maybe it is the rut that you're in today or the routine perhaps of your present that is the greatest danger to your life. What are you doing with the gift of today? Today must be understood as a gift. There were some people this morning, as bad as your morning has been, you burnt your hair on the curling iron. And you burnt the oatmeal on the stove and the kids were screaming and you were late and your dress ain't ironed and your suit don't match and you forgot to brush your teeth and didn't brush your hair and you just falling apart in church this morning and life is all kind of full of trouble. But I'm going to tell you, there's some people who didn't wake up this morning who were begging for the trouble you had today. Today is a gift. It wasn't promised to any of us and tomorrow is promised to not one in this room. We have to understand how to cultivate and steward the gift of today. Because today is indeed a gift. It is the bridge. Somebody say today. Today is the bridge between your yesterday and your tomorrow. Between your past and your future. I want to tell you today that today is no respect of anyone's past. I'm going to say it again. Today is not a respecter of anyone's past. You could have a jacked up past. You could have made a mess of things. You could have blow, ro royally blown it. You could, have, you could have absolutely torched your resume. It may not look like there's any hope for your tomorrow, but I'm going to tell you today is no respect a person. It doesn't matter how bad your past was. If you can learn how to be a good steward of the gift of today, God can bless your life and turn your life around if you will just use today for the very intended purpose God gave it for you. I believe you can change your future if you know how to take care of your today. 
Today is no respect of anyone's past. Not only is today not a respecter of someone with a horrible past, I came to tell some religious people, you may have a wonderful past. You may have a a, 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 a resume without a blemish. You may have a perfect past. You may have a pristine yesterday. But if you are not a good steward of your today, you can jeopardize all you've ever lived for and ruin your future if you don't keep your guard up and protect today. You don't believe I'm telling the truth. You ain't been watching the news lately. All these people who have guarded their future and they've tried to protect their integrity and increase their influence and all it take was one person dropping their guard and they wasted a, a lifetime of investment over one foolish mistake. Let me tell everybody in this house something. You better keep yourself and guard yourself and not let your guard down because all it takes is one moment in time to jeopardize all that God ever wanted to do for you. All these accusations of sexual impropriety that are going on in the news. 30, 40 years later, isn't it funny how things will try to come back up on you and visit you? I don't get no help on that. Listen, you got to keep yourself and guard yourself. Joseph's problem wasn't that he lacked integrity. He was just ignorant. When Potiphar's wife accused him of trying to rape her, we don't know. We don't know if, if we, we, we don't know all the details. Here's what we know. We know Joseph didn't try to do that, but the problem was not that he was unrighteous. It, he, he was ignorant. He was with her by himself. He should have never been in the room with Potiphar's wife by himself. Brothers, listen, let me help you all understand something. If you ever get in a bad situation like that, don't, don't, try, to, don't try to be spiritual and resist it. Put your Reebok on and run from it. Get, get, get out. Don't, don't get in that situation. you got to guard yourself. Somebody say guard yourself. You have to keep your guard up. Today is no respect of anyone's past. It doesn't matter how perfect you've been up till today. If you jeopardize your tomorrow by being a horrible steward of today, then you could have spent a lifetime trying to gain influence and lose it all like that. Consequently, you could have spent your whole life blowing it and making a mess of things. But if you will focus on making good decisions today, you can change the rest of your life. Come on, tell your neighbor you can change the rest of your life. You can change the rest of your life. If you've sown bad seed your whole life and all you've ever reaped is bad harvest, it's a good day. Today is a good day to start a new life. Can you say amen? What are we doing with the gift of today? When Ebenezer Scrooge was visited by the ghost of Christmas present, he was brought to the painful understanding that he was a selfish, miserable geyser who had no heart, no hope, no compassion for anyone else. And when he saw his condition, he came to an understanding that there's really something wrong with my behavior. I want to tell you this, and I've told you this many times. I just want to reiterate it because it is so, it is so necessary for us to remember this. You cannot run around your whole life blaming a defeated devil for all of your shortcomings and all of your defeat and all of your misery. Most of the problems we create are not by a defeated devil. We create, y'all don't have to say amen, just wink at me if you know I'm telling the truth. Most of the problems we deal with are problems we create when we get in the flesh and do not walk by the Spirit. 
It is much more convenient for Pentecostals and spirit-filled people to run around rebuking the devil, binding the demons, and you got to deal with yourself instead. The devil is already defeated. I said the devil is already defeated. It's you and I that we got to get up under control sometimes. It's the unsubmitted areas of our life that pose the greatest hindrance and the greatest danger to our future. And so today, what are we doing with the gift of today? Hebrews 3.13. Hebrews 3.13 tells us we should make sure we are good stewards while it is called today. Do you understand something about this day? It's the only today is the only day that will be today. This is the this moment you're living in right now is the only appropriate time to call today. Because tomorrow, today will be yesterday. I'm freaking some people out right now. Tomorrow, today will be called yesterday. Yesterday, this day was called tomorrow. But today is the only, some people in here like, what? Today is the only appropriate name for this moment we're living in. And you've got to exercise the potency. You've got to take advantage of the gift this moment offers while it is called that's what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. You can't do nothing with today, tomorrow. And you couldn't have done anything with today, yesterday. The only time you can do something about your yesterday and your tomorrow is today. That's why some people never experience breakthrough because they keep living in this day as if it were Yesterday, or as if I'll make the change. And we can't, I don't want to get too semantic, but I hope you're catching this today. We keep missing our tomorrow because we're not good stewards of today. And one of the things you cannot do if you're going to be a good steward of your tomorrow, you cannot repeat Pharaoh's mistakes. Turn over to Exodus chapter 8 real quick. I'm just going to teach this, I think. We'll see where we go. Exodus chapter 8. This is the second plague getting ready to come to Pharaoh. Now, you know the story. Pharaoh made some poor choices and some horrible decisions, and he decided he was going to try to keep God's people as slaves. And the problem with that is that God said to Moses, you go tell that joker to let my people go. Moses goes into Pharaoh's presence and says, I am that I am has sent me, and he wants me to tell you to let his people go. Why? Because we're going to go have a party in the wilderness. Well, we'll let the men go. No, that's not how it goes. We're taking our wives, granny, grandpa, your mama and them, all of the aunts, the uncles, all of the sheep, the cows, the goats, everything. We're taking it all with us. Not one hoof shall be left behind in Israel or in Egypt. 
The Bible said that Pharaoh heard these words Moses spoke and hardened his heart. And he said, nope, I'm taking everything with me. He said, I'm keeping it all. Moses said, if you keep it all, then God Jehovah is going to visit you. The Bible tells us that he begins to reveal his power. God begins to reveal his power against Egypt by visiting them with plagues. This, I read, I'm getting ready to read to you in Exodus chapter 8, is the second of ten plagues. Now, I don't know about y'all. Y'all may be better than me, but after the first plague, I'd have changed my mind. I, I, I would have made an adjustment in my thinking. But the Bible said Pharaoh's heart got harder and harder and he kept what belonged to God. Now I want you to understand something today, child of God. You are not just a member of a church or three or four churches. You are not just a Democrat or a Republican. You are not just a Caucasian or an African American or, or a Latino. You are a child of God. And wait, and when the devil puts his hands on you, he is putting his hands on property that belongs to Almighty God. The next time the devil asks you who do you think you are ask him how much time do you have because I know who I am in Christ and if you don't stop I'll preach it right now I'm the head and I'm not the tail I'm above and I'm not beneath I am blessed in the city I am blessed in the field I am blessed when I came in I am blessed when I go out my children are blessed my grandchildren are blessed my great grandchildren are blessed my great 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 grandchildren are blessed the blessing of the Lord has been upon our lives and we are here to testify we belong to God he belongs to us and nothing can separate us from his love oh praise him if that's how you feel today now when Pharaoh says I'm gonna keep them that's not his people he's just keeping that's God's children that he's got his hands on. And so the second, watch this, I'm getting ready to teach you about how to deal with today. The second plague God announces against Pharaoh is a plague of frogs. Frogs got in everything. Can you hear them? The Bible said frogs. got in the kneading dough. Frogs got in the cupboard. Frogs got in the car. Frogs got in the bedroom. Frogs got in the bed. Frogs got in the bathroom. Frogs got in the church. Frogs got in the finances. Frogs got in the checkbook everywhere they turned because they had disobeyed God, they had a problem on their hands. And the problem was the frogs. The frogs got in the river. The frogs got in the pond. The frogs got in the lake. The frogs got in the palace. The frogs got in the house. The frogs got everywhere. And I came to tell you when the frogs show up, the frogs are not quiet animals. When the frogs show up, the Bible teaches us Frogs covered the land. 
Some of you can't shout on top of your frogs. Some of you couldn't praise today and drowned out the noise of your frogs. Some of, oh yeah, I'm coming for you today because some of you hide their name in your phone, but you can't hide that relationship from God. Some of you got frogs that are making noise in your relationship life. Some of you got frogs that are talking to you in your financial life. Some of you got frogs talking to you in your spiritual life. And every time you try to praise the Lord, all we hear is the frogs. You go to school with the frogs. You go to work with the frogs. You go to bed with the frogs. You wake up and take a shower with the frogs. And you never deal. You can rebuke the frogs, bind the frogs, put earmuffs on your ears, but the frogs are still talking because the frogs have been sent to remind you you cannot walk in disobedience all of your life. It's time to get the frogs out today. It's time to get rid of the frogs in your life. You have invited the frogs in through your own disobedience. You have invited the frogs in through your own choices. I came today to tell you that while it is called today, it's time to deal with the frogs. Here's what gets crazy. Moses goes to Pharaoh. Read it. It's in Exodus 8. Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, when would you like me to get rid of the frogs? Can you put the scripture up? Exodus chapter 8. I believe it's verse uh, about 18, something like that. Seven, I don't know. My Bible up there on my notes. He said, when would you like to get rid of the frogs? Now, if I'm living and all I'm hearing is frogs all over the land, frogs at the Piggly Wiggly, frogs at the Walmart, frogs at the gas station, Frogs, if I'm living with frogs everywhere and they ask me, let me get this note, 9 and 10. Please put Exodus 9 and 10 up on the screen. 8, 9 and 10. Moses said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh called for Moses and said, entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people. And I will let the people go that they may sacrifice to the Lord. Go to the next verse. And Moses said to Pharaoh, accept the honor of saying when I shall intercede for you, for your servants and for your people to destroy the frogs from you and your houses that you may re remain in the river only, that they may re remain in the river only. And he said, what? 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 I am trying to figure out why Pharaoh wanted to live one more night with the frogs. I don't know who I came to preach to in this house today, but somebody needs to get rid of the frogs today. You don't need to live with the frogs one more night. Too many people have a one more night with the frog mentality and you are delaying your destiny. You are endangering your future because you have learned how to live ribbit come on I like Kermit but it's time for the frogs to go some of you are going to have to get fed up with the frogs in your life and you're going to have to say I'm not going to live one more night with the frogs 
That's where people are today in the kingdom. God, help me preach this right here. We are preaching a, a, a make it, barely make it, somehow uh, compromise and just become complacent living with the, the frogs of our decisions. And we don't mind living one more night with the frogs. Look at somebody, tell them, neighbor, get rid of the frogs. Not tomorrow. Come on, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, holler at them, holler at them. If they look like they're about to go to sleep, slap them, karate chop them, shake their lapel. Tell them you can't live one more day with the frogs. You have delayed your destiny. You have pushed off your purpose. You have sidelined your potential because you have become complacent, living with a land and a life that is full of frogs. When God asks you, when do you want me to deal with this? The correct answer, family, is today. I need to deal with my frogs. I need to deal with my issues today. I need to deal with my addictions today. I can't keep pushing off that stuff till tomorrow because every day I sleep with that frog, every day I live with that frog, I empower that thing to keep multiplying and reproducing in my life. Oh, this ain't going to be a long one today, but it's going to be heavy for somebody. I was wondering why the Lord helped us in such wonderful worship. Some of y'all needed to get excited before I dropped this bomb on you today. You cannot keep living with the frogs of your past and the frogs of your bad decisions. And you can, listen, if you, I, I felt so strong this in my spirit as I was preparing. There's some people with some frogs in your relationship life. Now, you married people, you just duck for a minute. Let me talk to some single folk in here. And if you're married and you've got a bad relationship other than the one you're in with your spouse, you really need what I'm getting ready to say. You cannot, you cannot look at someone's life and discount who they run with because your fellowship determines your future. I didn't get no help on that, but I'm going to help myself. Your fellowship determines your future. You cannot run with the ostriches and the chickens and then rebuke the devil because you can't soar with the eagles. It ain't the devil that's keeping you groundbound. It's your crazy, carnal attitude. You are running with some jacked up people. You are dating some messed up people. Where is your girlfriend at today, sir? If she ain't woke up yesterday because she was hung over yesterday, you are dating the wrong woman. She ought to be in the house of the Lord today well I feel like running around here and helping somebody where is he at ma'am little miss sister thing if you found Mr. Romeo where is he at today oh you know pastor I'm working on him no you ain't working on him the devil's working on you you got to make up your mind if nobody goes with me, if I got a shot all by myself at New Year's Eve service, I refuse. Turn my microphone up. If I got a shot all by myself, if I got a praise in my own bedroom all by myself, I refuse to live my life with somebody who don't want to run after the presence of God. Inform your neighbor, say, this is a frog-free zone. 
This is a frog-free zone. I don't know if you like frogs. I don't know if you feel okay with these frogs. But as for me and my house, I'm exterminating the frogs today. Oh, God, get me out of this mess. Ribbit. Ribbit. You got to get rid of the frogs. And there's some people in here, you are jeopardizing your tomorrow by pushing your obedience off. You got to maximize today. Some of you, I'm going to stay on this because the Holy Ghost told me to. Some of you would find your spouse if you'd quit entertaining people you know God ain't told you to be with. Well, let me sit right here between some people that love me and preach for a minute. Brother Wallace, you know, you know, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to date and get engaged. I'm supposed to have a wonderful life. I agree with all those things, but you got to be careful where you find your stuff. You got to be careful where you find your stuff. Some of, some people are looking for love. Help me, but we come on, somebody looking for love in all the wrong places. Let me help you. The next time you want to test that person, I know she looks fine, sir. 36, 24, 36. I know he's got a six pack, sister, and you think, my God, look at that. But the next time you wonder if they're the one, ask them, do you speak in tongues? Have you ever been to church? When did you get born again? Have you ever been baptized in water? Do you know the 12 apostles and the 10 commandments? Y'all not helping nobody. Hold on, sit down, let me fix it, because there's some people mad at me right now. And the reason you're mad is because somebody got up in your business, and I love you enough to keep you from making a mistake. Wait, that I've watched hundreds of people make. If you're thankful for the one you got, praise God, all over the church right now. Come on. Some people don't know whether to shout or leave. You got to get rid of the frogs. And the attitude that would cause a person to say, let me have one more day with the frogs. It, what, what does it really hurt, Bishop? What does it really hurt to live one more night with the frogs? Frogs ain't going to kill me. What's it really going to hurt if I live one more night with the frogs? Here's the problem. The frogs can't kill you, but that attitude can. Some of us got, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost on me. Some of us got an attitude of procrastination when it comes to obedience. He delayed obedience is still disobedience. 
And I want us to grow up into this because God is calling us higher. There are some blessings God has with our name on it. There are some doors that are the hinges. Oh God, the hinges that hold the doors with your name on it are oiled and ready to open. The only thing God is waiting on you is to get rid of the frogs. What are you doing with the day? You cannot make the same mistake and repeat the same error Pharaoh committed when he said, let me have one more night with the frogs. I find it very interesting in Deuteronomy chapter 30 that God put a choice before the people. Destiny is not a product of happenstance. If you don't get anything else I teach today, please hear what I'm getting ready to tell you. Destiny is not a product of coincidence and happenstance. Destiny is a product of decisions. I got like three people helping me right there. That's enough, but it's disappointing. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Some of y'all smile, man. Y'all don't. Like, I want my offering back right now. I bless. Watch. <laughs> Destiny is a product of decisions. Everybody, who, who believes you have a destiny? If you don't, be sure to come to church next Sunday because I'm going to talk about your future. But I know this about you before... Whether you know it or not, I know this about every single person in this room. I know you have a future in God. Amen. I know you have a destiny in Christ. Amen. And what determines if we reach that destination, destiny, destination, 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 are you following me right there? What determines if we get to that destination is decisions. Well, you know, all my life, it ain't been nothing but trouble, nothing but sorrows, nothing but pain. And when I go back and look at your Facebook feed, six years worth of trouble, trial, pain, you Facebook Live, you get on Facebook Live and talk about misery, shame, woe is me. At some point, you got to make a shift in your expectation. Now, I'm not trying to be mean. Please hear me understand what I'm saying when I say this to you. I have been through a season of depression, of hopelessness, of feeling like life was falling apart. I've been there. But weeping only endures for a night. Y'all hear what I said? Weeping only endures for a night. There is an expiration date on that season. There is an expiration date on that season. If you have begun to believe that it is the rest of your life, you have listened to a lie of the enemy. And watch, you miss the purpose in the pain you went through. The purpose in the pain was not to show you that it was a sentence that would last forever. It was a season intended by God to shape you and mold you and to make you into hell's worst nightmare. Listen, if you're going to go through the pain, at least get something out of it.
Can anybody in here testify you got something out of the pain? God, I went through it, but I came out of it with a praise and a worship and an anointing. Is anybody, oh God, anybody glad you came through the pain? You got to make a choice. He put life before you and he put death before you. He put blessing and he put cursing. Somebody said, why would God do that? Why don't he just put life? Because not everybody wants to choose life. Why would he put blessing and cursing? Because not everybody wants to choose blessing. And if you don't choose blessing, you got to find something else to choose. So I guess if you don't want to choose blessing, you have to choose the curse. Every day of your life, wake up ready to live with intentionality and to choose life. I stopped saying, have a great day. And I started saying, make it a great day. Amen. And people got offended. What about have a great day? Well, you know what? It might not start off a great day, but you have the power. Y'all not helping nobody. You have the power to take a bad day and decide I'm going to make it a good day. How do you take a bad day and choose to make it a good day? Because when you wake up and your hair gets burnt in the curling iron and the hair will dry, I don't know why I'm hung up on hair today. If you got a weave or an extensions or a toupee, I'm not talking to you, but everybody else in the house, I guess. If it's a bad day, or if you're bald, praise God anyway. If it's a really bad day, listen, choose to make it a good day. How do I take a bad day and choose to make it a good day? I start looking at the bad things and I start saying, Lord, I bless you. The enemy woke up and tried to get me tore up before I walked out the door today. It must mean there's something really good on the other side of this day. And I'm going to praise you for it before I get there. I'm just waiting to see what happens. I want to have a great day. I want you to make it a great day. Listen, God plants in every one of us greatness. Every one of you. Every single one of you who are born again have the seed of God living on the inside of you. For that reason, you are filled with potential and greatness. That doesn't mean everyone on earth will know your name. It doesn't mean you'll have a blue check beside your name on your Twitter feed. The earth may never know you, but you will be known in hell and you will be known in heaven if you wake up every morning to fulfill the purpose for which God put you on this planet to fulfill. We cannot repeat the mistakes of Pharaoh in dealing with our today. I'll, I'll close with this. I had several other things, but let me close with this. The second thing I want to tell you about today is this. God can turn around in today the years. I've felt this all week long. I have felt all week long like this phrase was going to 
be true for some people in this room today. Today will be the day that will change the rest of your tomorrows. That's not just church talk or TBN talk. I don't do that. In fact, I, I don't even like cliches. I run from those things where you say, oh, get ready. Yeah, I, I, I can hoop and I can do all that, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. I felt like God gave this to me in prayer. Today is going to be the day that changes the rest of somebody's tomorrows. And I don't care how long you've been waiting on this day. This is the day that changes the rest of, you say, Pastor, is that even possible? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because in Exodus, God told Moses, after the ten plagues had come, watch this, the Bible says that they go up, I'm in the book of Exodus, uh, let me find the exact address for you. You're using your iPhone? Yes, it's on my iPhone. Leave me alone, please. Exodus 14. Exodus 14, verse number 10. Pharaoh drew near. The children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in this wilderness? Why have you dealt so with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? So much here. 400 years of slavery. 400 years of being slaves of Pharaoh. 400 years of feeling the whip and the smack and hearing the taskmaster tell them every day, get up and work. Their backs were full of, so God is sufficient enough to let us into heaven one day because God knows we haven't had any true life while we've been on this journey. What's wrong with the church? We were never intended to eat onion soup in Egypt. We were never intended to live as slaves of Pharaoh. We were never intended to walk up under darkness and live in a comfortable bondage. We were, we were created to soar like eagles and to walk in the goodness, in the power, and in the grace of God. Watch. And what we're getting ready to see in Exodus 14, don't miss this, I've taught this before, catch it again. We're getting ready to see that Israel would much prefer a comfortable bondage rather than an uncomfortable freedom. And they get to the edge of the Red Sea and the Bible says in Exodus 14, they look back, I'm closing with this, and they see Pharaoh coming. And they looked, make it real happy. I want you to get back on the organ, please, uh, Apostle LeBron. Because I'm getting ready to bless myself if I don't bless anyone else. In fact, I would like some musicians to come and join you. People who play things, come. Please. We're getting ready to play some things, hallelujah. Because it ain't going out with a funeral dirge today. We're going out praising God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says... 
the Bible says that they looked back and they saw the enemy coming. 400 years of being chased. Now they're at a dead end called the Red Sea. And they look back and they say, is this why you brought us out here? We could have died in Egypt. They could have buried us in Egypt. And you brought us out here to kill us in the wilderness? All we can see is our enemy. And Moses said, perfect because these enemy these enemies you see today look at verse look at the next verse in that passage I was reading please put it up on the screen this enemy you see today you will see again no more forever oh my god oh my god see 400 years of being the slave 400 years of being the chaste one 400 years of feeling inferior 400 years of watching our children grow up and be slaves and our grandchildren grow up and be slaves and our great grandchildren grow up and be slaves and ten generations of slavery and in one day called today God said the enemy you have seen for 400 years you will see no more forever I need somebody to give God praise that today, today, somebody holler today. Somebody look at your neighbor and say today, you don't have to wait till Christmas to open up the gift. You get a gift called today. And on this gift called today, God is getting ready to deal with what's been chasing you for years. Today, I didn't know today had so much power. I didn't know today was filled with so much opportunity. But now it makes sense why the enemy tried to keep me from church today because my Bible says that the steps of a good man have been ordered by the Lord and all week long I just felt like I had to get to church on Sunday. I've been running from some stuff all my life but today God is going to deal How am I Stand with me, I'm through preaching. How am I going to see what's chased me for years? How's it going to get dealt with today? You ready for this? The thing you thought was the end of you is not the end of you. It's the end of your enemy. Wait a minute, back up, rewind. You brought me to this Red Sea to kill me? Nope. I don't kill my children in Red Seas, God said. I didn't bring you to the Red Sea. I feel the Holy Ghost on me right here. I didn't bring you to the Red Sea to kill you. I brought you to the Red Sea to lure your enemy. I had to get a weapon big enough to kill all of Pharaoh's army. So, so I brought Pharaoh down to the Red Sea. He thought he could. 
and I'm going to kill him. Look at your neighbor say, hey neighbor, that thing you've been worried about is getting ready to take your enemy out. I see a Red Sea opening. I see a way being made. I see a breakthrough coming. And when God brings you through, He's going to swallow up your enemies. Through, stay standing up through. They walked through on dry ground, didn't even get mud on their feet. Walk through on dry ground. And they get out in the middle of this Red Sea. And walls of water are up on both sides of them. And they're thinking, I think next time I'll be quiet. And I won't murmur so quickly. Because I'm walking through a highway in this Red Sea. And some old some old theologian once rebuked the country preacher because the country preacher started preaching about how God swallowed up Pharaoh, split the Red Sea open, and all the people of Israel dry, walked over on dry ground, and the country preacher got excited, and the theologian rebuked him. He said, Mr. Country Preacher, you shouldn't get so emotional. We found out through our geological studies that the Red Sea was only a couple of feet deep. It really wasn't that great of a miracle. So the country preacher sat down in disgust and he put his hand on his face and he began to think. All of a sudden he jumped back up and started praising God again. And the theologian said, Mr. Country Preacher, why are you praising God now? I told you that water wasn't that deep. He said, that's why I'm praising God. Because God drowned a whole army in a couple of feet of water. Hallelujah! I need somebody to praise God for a couple of feet of water. Oh, God is getting ready to turn your tomorrow today. Look at your name and say today. Today. God's getting ready to deal with your enemy today. Praise God today. This is the day of the Lord. Hallelujah. 400 years of running, but Miriam is about to break her tambourine out and give God... 400 years of running and Moses is about to lift his hands in praise. Why? Because today is the day when it turns around. Enemies swallowed up in one day. Now I want to tell you something. There's a reason why after Exodus you don't hear much about Egypt anymore. You hear a little bit, but not much. There's a reason why after Exodus you don't hear about Egypt anymore. Two reasons. Number one, the Passover. The night God sent the 10th plague through Egypt, watch. 
He, he destroyed Egypt's future by killing the firstborn in every house. The night the death angel swept through Egypt, watch, God destroyed the future of Egypt from ruling and reigning over Israel in one night, the future. Not only in that one night did he destroy Egypt's future, he preserved Israel's future. That's why the blood always separates. Because if you get the blood on your house, it don't matter who's dying around you. If you get the blood on your house, that mess has to pass over your house. Watch. The Passover destroyed Egypt's future. It disqualified Pharaoh from ever having a son who would become a Pharaoh, who would become a, a taskmaster over the future children of Israel. But in this story, I read to you in Exodus 14, God wipes out the great men of Egypt in a, in a sea in the middle of the desert. Now their children, you say, Pastor, that sounds awful harsh, that God would let the death angel sweep through and take out. Listen, Egypt was not just a decent group of people. They were savages, hell-bent on destroying the children of God. Watch. And God said, no, you got what belongs to me. And from now on, I'm not going to let your children grow up to be their taskmasters in the future. And I'm not going to let your princes and your strong men be alive to continue to threaten Israel. Those two things cause almost a disappearance of Egypt's threat. Child of God, please hear me. You are mightier than you know. There's a reason why you've been chased for your whole life. Satan's tormented you most of your life. Hell's tried to assault you and the enemy's come up against you. There's a reason why you've been going through this. Because if you ever recognize who you are, Pharaoh knows he's in trouble. But today, it's too late for the enemy to change his mind. Some of you have been running all of your life you're not running anymore God brought you to the Red Sea not to kill you but to destroy that thing that's been chasing you lift your hands and begin to thank God for the gift of today 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 you cannot repeat Pharaoh's mistake the story of the Exodus keep your hands up as you praise God listen to me the story of the Exodus is a story of the power of today. But you got to make some new decisions today. Some of you are going to have to make some new choices today. Some of you are going to have to let go of some things today that you thought it was okay yesterday to hold on to. But you got too bright a tomorrow. Whew. You got too bright a tomorrow to keep delaying obedience. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Don't live one more night with the frogs. I don't want to embarrass anybody. and I just think it's one of those mornings that don't really matter what people think anyway. If you're in this room today, 
and you got some frogs in your life. Maybe it's frogs in your finances, frogs in your relationships, frogs in your spiritual journey, frogs in your marriage, frogs in your house, frogs in your job, frogs in your personal life. And you don't want to live one more night with the frogs. And you need to make some decisions today that will change the rest of your tomorrows. There's somebody in here, you've only been coming to this church one or two times. You're, you're not even part of the family yet. You're getting ready to be. You've been checking us out, but you just came today because something's been drawing you. But there's some stuff going on in your life. I'm talking to a man right now. I don't even know who you are. Everything that happened last week and the week before has just been drawing you to this day. God got you to this day because God wants to change the rest of your tomorrows today. If you're in this house today, I'm getting ready to give an altar call. And an altar call is not something for you to watch. It's not something for, for us just to observe. An altar call is an opportunity for somebody to take full advantage of. If you're in this room today and you need to take full advantage of today and change the rest of your tomorrows. I'm counting to three if I preach to you, if I'm talking to you, if you're tired of the frogs. I feel the Lord working on some hearts right now. If you're tired of the frogs and you want to get them all out of your life, today's the day. In fact, today is the day of salvation. One, when I say three, if that's you, shoot your hand up. Two, choose blessing and not cursing. Choose life and not death. Choose it today. Three. Lift your hand if I'm preaching to you right now. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. If your hand is up where it should be, I don't want you to wait. I want you to come right out of your seat right now. Come join me in this altar. Hurry. Hurry. We're getting rid of the frogs today. We're getting rid of the frogs today. Today's a good day. Come on. We're getting rid of the frogs today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. They're coming down every aisle. Somebody help me celebrate. Come on. Today. 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 Today, today, today. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. You don't have to wait. Come today. It don't matter how long you've waited. It, don't, it doesn't matter how long you've been running from the enemy. Come, baby. Come on. Come on. Come. I need a church to get happy. People are still coming. Come on, somebody. Today, today, today. Come on, sweetheart, I see you coming. I'll wait all day on you. Come on. Come on, people are still wanting to come. Get out of your seat. Come on, today. Thank you for coming. Can we lift our hands up before we pray for anybody? Can we lift our hands up to God who we recognize is in this room now? And can we worship God for his great presence today? today. Lives are changing today. Hope is rising today. Renewal is coming today. The decisions I should have made a long time ago, I thought I missed my chance, but God, I'm grateful for today. You're not finished with us yet. Oh, we give you praise, oh God. Hallelujah. Come on, worshipers. Come on, worshipers. Come on, don't tune out on me. Now I know you're thinking about lunch, but we're not ready for lunch yet. Somebody's getting ready to step into the greatest tomorrow they've ever had because of what God is getting ready to do in this moment we call today. Hallelujah. I need my pastors. 
I need leaders to come help me right now. Come help me right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I want everyone in this altar right now just to lift your hands. Every one of you lift your hands. You have made a step. And I want to let you know God has met you. God has met you. Micah, I don't want to break the flow, but I want to sing that song Israel sings about friend that will never be a friend as dear to me. I don't know what key to sing that in. some singers that come up here and help me sing. this song is what come to my heart when you start dealing with stuff in your life you immediately think of God as someone who comes to beat you down but the goodness and the love of God is what's drawing you into this place called today and offering to every one of us the opportunity to deal with the frogs of our life and to see some enemies that have been chasing us drowned out and I'll I really believe God is trying to say to everyone who came to this altar, you're not the enemy, you're the friend. And there's some stuff you need to get rid of today, but it's the goodness of God that's drawing you. That's what the Bible said, it's the goodness of God that leads a man or woman to repentance. How many can thank God for the times when you felt like you were doing some stuff that made you the enemy, but he still called your friend? Anybody know what I'm talking about in here today? So can we just sing this one more time and instead of wondering what I'm talking about, he's calling your friend today. That's why he's drawing you, not because you're the enemy, but because you're the friend. You're the friend, you're the friend, you're the friend. You're the friend of God. Every time you call me, I receive your healing. Every 
every time you call me, every time you call me, Lord, every time Good God, for freedom today, freedom today, freedom today, freedom today. Thank you for freeing us today, Lord. Thank you for freeing us today. Every chain broken today. Every chain broken today. Woo! Holy Spirit, come on, people of God. Somebody lift your hands. Somebody lift your hands and wash up him. A new life in Christ Jesus. I bless it today with grace for a new life. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thanks to God for helping us recover what we thought we lost. What we needed, what we thought we wasted. New life, new life, new life. Come here, baby. Please come here, sweetheart. I lay my hand on you to rebuke off of you every negative word, every curse spoken over your life. I lay my hand on you to confer the blessing of God. That's my wife's hand. Your mind is blessed, your body is blessed, your soul is blessed, your spirit is blessed. I see like a pair of scissors, strings cut over your life right now, just happening right here. It's like you've been 
manipulated a puppet being pulled up and down, up and down, told when to do this, told when to do this. Today you're loose. You're loose. I loose you in the name of Jesus. Honey, I loose you. I don't even know who you're worried about, but tonight before you go to bed, look back. They're going to be out of your life. God is getting ready to cut some stuff out. Come on. Mark it down. Today is a new day. Today is a new day. I prophesy today is a new day. How old are you, sweetheart? Okay. So I'm conf- I was confused momentarily because I heard 28 and you said 27. When do you turn 28? September what? 6th. So you're going to live to be 28 because God just told me I saw you in year 28 of your life. I don't know what you've been scared of. You've been afraid of something. But it ain't going to kill you. You hear me? You're going to live and not die. I heard 28. God said she's going to be 28. Now, I know you're 27 right now, but you need to praise God that not one weapon formed against you in the next in the next part of 2018. You need to go ahead and celebrate life because God's going to let you live. You've been afraid of something. And these Egyptians that have chased you, you will see no more now and forever. I loose you from fear now. In the name of Jesus. Every time you call me. I see all these wires and they're all in your heart this is so strange and you've been trying to plug wires into the right place and it keeps you feel like a short circuit's been going on in your life you just can't get all the wires in the right spot does this make sense to you and the day God's gonna put his hand on every wire and start plugging them in and fixing all of the short circuits of your heart and you're a, I don't even know you, sweetheart, but I feel like you're a very smart young lady. You're a, you're a bright and brilliant person. And you think like your job, you think you can fix all this stuff that's inside of you. But the Lord told me to tell you, quit trying to fix it all. He's going to put his hands on your heart today and line it all up. And here's what I see. I see it flowing with great efficiency. I wish I was you because I want this word. 2018 is going to be a year of flow. Because 17 has been a horrible year for you. But 2018, God is going to put some. Does this make sense to you? Am I on it? Tell me if I'm not because I'll shut up. But I really feel like I see God putting. Devin, lay your hand on her heart, baby. And somebody pray with me right now. God, today, you are lining things up inside of her. And here's what I hear him saying. It's going to line up on the outside when it gets lined up on the inside. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Hallelujah. Here it comes, there. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Every time you call me, say, every time you call me, Holy Spirit, line it up today. Holy Spirit, line it up today. Holy Spirit, line it up today for him. the frog, we're getting the frogs out. Blessing is coming. Blessing is coming today. 
something real quick. I'm going to pray for this very precious couple. The greatest decision somebody can make today is one called repentance. That doesn't mean I'm sorry. It means I'm changing my life. I'm changing what I can change. There are some things about my life I cannot change. But there are some decisions of my life I can change. And that's what repentance is. It's the Greek word metanoia. It means to change one's direction or mind. Lord, I'm thankful that your grace and mercy would grant many the opportunity to repent and change their way of thinking today. Convert us. Change us. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Change us. If you need God to change you and you need the grace to change your mind, just take it right now. Take it. Change your behavior. Change your decisions. You don't have to have nobody lay hands on you. We'll come and lay hands on you because we love you and we want to pray with you. But for some people today, their life is never going to be the same because of the change they're making in their heart right now. They're deciding, deciding, deciding. Tell him God has his hand on his life. Okay. God has his hand on your life. I declare what has chased you and pursued you and tried to have you and tried to tried to rob the thing that's caused you fear and caused you to panic and caused you to worry. That enemy has come to his dead end today. today change the rest of their tomorrows today Holy Spirit Holy Spirit Holy Spirit every time you call me I receive That he calls your friends singing. Come on. Every time you call me, I'll see 
in a receiving position. I want to bless you. Listen. The next time and for the rest of your life when you hear the word today I want you just to give God praise. Whether you just clap your hands twice or say praise the Lord or say hallelujah or under your breath say thank you Jesus. Every time you hear the word today There you go. For the rest of your life, every time you hear the word today, listen, you're getting it, treat it like a gift. Because it's on a day called today. God got rid of every one of the enemies in your life. Father, I stretch my hand out now in your presence and in your grace to bless these precious people of God, the sheep of your pasture. I pray like Aaron and his sons prayed over Israel. I pray that you would bless these people. Lord, I pray you would be gracious and kind to them. I pray you would grant to them your favor and your peace. Make your face to shine upon them, Lord. I pray over their families. I pray over their children. I pray over everything they put their hands to. God, I bless their finances. I bless their minds, their lives, their physical bodies. I pray for the blessing of the Lord, your blessing, O God, to be upon them today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you in the house of the Lord today.